Imagine, walk out after church today, when we walk out the doors of Impact Rock Church, imagine that throughout the parking lot are scattered explosive landmines that blend in perfectly with the asphalt that we can't discern them with our eyes, but we're aware that they're there. If that were the case, we would be absolutely terrified. We would be absolutely gripped with fear, knowing that if we took one false step, that we could be blown to smithereens. One false step. And those that we love, those that we are with, could be torn apart. But what if uh, Admiral Andy or Colonel Kara or Sergeant Mark, they don't have to all be acrostics, okay? We get to choose, isn't that right, Private Peter? They can be. They don't all have to be. So imagine that there's someone that you trust, someone you follow, and that that person gave you a map that identified every single landmine. With this precious map in your hands, you would be free. You would be free to travel everywhere the map said it was safe to go. With that map, you could gather others, you could study it, you could strategize, you could communicate, you could lay out a plan. And even though these explosive, deadly landmines existed, you could still walk in freedom because you had a map and you knew where they were. It would be safe. You would be safe. You could walk, you could skip, you could run. You could travel across the parking lot with absolute peace of mind, knowing that you were safe, knowing that your life was not in danger, knowing that the ones you loved were not in danger, your family, your friends, your spouses. You could wisely avoid the dangerous places and you could wisely avoid, avoid those places of harm. We have the map. The Bible is our map. Actually, Eli, would you do me a favor? Grab, grab that. There's a Bible in my bag in, in the big part there. It's a black Bible. We have the map. I, I often use my Bible on my iPad, but I wanted to drive the point home. We have the map that identifies the landmines of sin. And sin is vicious. Sin is explosive. Sin kills and destroys and tears apart. Sin destroys lives. Sin destroys marriages. Sin destroys families. But we have been given the map that accurately leads us along the safe path. And all you gotta do is read it. It's search it. It's burn its commands and its promises on our hearts. Now I've got good news for all of you thrill seekers. All of you who like to you know, play it on the edge. You don't have to follow this map. 
You want to you want to go at it on your own? You can. The map's not forced upon us. But why would we want to do that? Why would we want to walk our lives without the map that guides us? You guys, we can choose to reject God's word and we can live free, if you want to use that word, free from the constraints of his map if we want. But why would we do that? We can ignore God's guidance. We can ignore God's promise. We can ignore God's truth, but why would we do that? In today's message, I'm not going to be talking about reading the Word of God. I'm going to talk about meditating on the Word of God. Friends, God's Word requires meditation. As Christians, we face a temptation every single day. We face this temptation constantly throughout the day. And the temptation is this, is to take the Word of God lightly. To to be dismissive of the Word of the Almighty God. All throughout the day we do that. Friends, when we grab a hold of the fact that this is truth, and it's God speaking to us, We should never take that lightly. Anybody have uh, an iPhone or another phone that has the stopwatch feature? Pull that out. You're going to time me for something. I'm I'm not trying to break a world record, but I'm going to try and go fast in something. So if you have your your phones with you, your Bibles, your Bible apps, open up uh, Jeremiah 29, 4 through 14. Here's what I'm going to do. Those of you with the stop, stopwatches, when I start reading, hit start. Okay? I want you to time me. I'm going to try and read Jeremiah 29, 4 through 14 as fast as I can. Sometimes I talk fast. Often I talk fast. Sometimes my wife will give me this right here from the front row. She's like, slow down. Because I get excited. I start talking fast. Okay, you got Jeremiah 29 pulled up? All right. You have an actual stopwatch go. Oh, no, it's not go until I start reading. Are you ready? Okay. All right, all right. Starting in verse 4. That didn't start, okay? Thus says the Lord, a host of God of Israel to the exiles, whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. And pray for the Lord on on his behalf and for its welfare. You will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord, a host of... Um, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets or your diviners who are among you deceive you and do not listen to the dreams that they dream for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord, for thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for good, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope and then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, 
and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. Done. 58.93. One minute is 62. Right, what would you have? Okay, these, okay, these are some really vast differences. When did y'all start? When I opened in prayer? When I prayed over the, the offering? Fair enough. Yes. So regardless, I'm hoping the point gets made. It is absolutely incredible to think that Almighty God speaks to us through his word, yet we casually and often quickly skim the Bible before heading off to work or heading off to class or whatever our first task of the day, our first appointment of the day. But hey, no matter how fast we read it, at least we get to check off that task, right? Done. Complete it. What did I just read? I read one of the most powerful promises in scripture. I I read a passage in Jeremiah 29 that has strategy and vision and prophetic direction and promise. There were several times we're talking about thus says the Lord. This is what God says. This is what God says. What did I even read? Nothing in what I read is memorable to me because I just flew through it. But hey, at least I got that checkbox completed. Friends, a lot of times that's how we treat our time in Scripture. Done. On to the next task. What did the Holy Spirit want to speak to me in that Scripture that I missed? Me standing up here proclaiming Scripture. What did the Holy Spirit want to speak to you? In that scripture that you missed, because I, I read so quickly. We must meditate on scripture. So what does meditation on scripture do? I've got three points that, that I'll cover today. I don't want to overwhelm you with a bunch. I want what I preach to be memorable and to be impactful. Point number one, meditation invites us to take God's word seriously. Meditation invites us to take his word seriously. God's word is clear, yet it is deeply profound. God's word holds so much truth that it takes time to digest it. And digesting God's word requires what? Meditation. Have you ever wondered, probably in frustration, why some people have a, they achieve a depth of understanding of God's word and maybe you haven't? 
Anyone ever felt that way? Like, man, that person just has a depth of understanding that I wish so desperately I had. The answer is yes, because people came to me before we started this series and talked about that very thing. I want to be able to, to, to hear from God and to know when God is speaking. Friends, are we willing to pause and take time to meditate on his word so that he can reveal the bigness of what he's saying? The depth of what he's saying contained in one verse. Some people aren't willing to spend any amount of time considering God's word. You know, just contemplating. You know, put on your contemplative face, whatever your contemplative face is. Usually it has like a knot or a pursing of lips or a furring of the brow. We're called to contemplate to meditate on the bigness of God. We read a scripture and we stop and we pause and, and we can all meditate a different way. When, when I, I tell you, without a doubt, my, my meditating on scripture is very interactive and it can be somewhat loud. I read a scripture, I meditate and I chew it, I read it again, I'm chewing, I meditate. And all of a sudden, when the Holy Spirit causes something to come alive, I'm like, oh, Yes! That's stinking awesome. That is awesome, God. What else? And, and it thrills me. It thrills me. And it comes through the meditating on the Word. And I don't know what you guys like to eat. Could be a big, juicy tofu patty or whatever tofu produces. I don't know. I don't know. But for this analogy, I'm thinking of a big... Juicy steak. And imagine like cutting into that thing. You cut a little triangle. That's what I would. A little triangle out of it. And you eyeball it. And it's a, a, you cut a little more than you should have. This is a big bite. You will be a non-contributor to any conversation for the next three minutes. And you take that bite. Can you just swallow it? No way. You wouldn't want to. But you couldn't anyway. You've got to chew and you want you want to chew and you want to savor it. Even as you're eating it, you want to remind yourself how good it is. And you might make the mmm sound. Mmm. You want that to, to hit every part of your mouth. And then you want to swallow. So you can take the next delicious bite. This, that is meditating. That's meditating on the Word of God. It ain't rocket science. You take a bite. You read a scripture. And you don't just plow through to get something off your checklist. You go and, and you, you read it. And now you chew on it and you savor it. And the things that are readily obvious to you, you're like, oh, that's good. But what else? Holy Spirit, what else am I missing? What am I missing? I'm listening. I'm here. Maybe you read it again and you're just listening. And you don't have to be in total silence. Okay? But this is about God's opportunity to bring his word alive to you and I in that process of meditation. And it's listed all throughout Scripture. See, prayer, who usually does the talking in prayer? Who, who does the talking in prayer? 
We do. When I'm praying, I'm doing the talking, right? I mean, for the most part. And as often as we say, hey, prayer is a two-way conversation, we do, we do the talking, and then we got to let God do the talking, and we got to listen. For the most part, in prayer, when we pray, sometimes it's that checkbox thing, we do all the talking, sometimes it's pretty quick, and it gets all the things off our chest, and we're like, Whew. okay, thanks, Lord, I can't wait to see you do it. I can't wait to see you do everything I just asked of you. All right, got to go. Meditating is, is pausing to let the Lord speak. Do we, do we get that? Meditation invites us to take God's word seriously. When God promised that if we would seek him, we would find him, he wasn't talking about some lazy, half-hearted search. He was talking about searching an air of desperation, searching. If we seek him and seek him with our whole heart, we will find him. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Does that passage sound familiar at all? That that passage I just read? It was part of the 14 verses that I just speed read through. And 14 verses isn't a lot. But I read something like this. Man, I'm pausing. I'm stopping. I'm hitting the brakes hard. And I'm meditating on this. And I'm seeking dialogue. And I'm chewing. And I'm savoring. And I wanted to hit every part of my soul. Here, I'm completely serious. We're talking about a Christian discipline that most Christians are too lazy to do. Or too busy to do. It is beautiful. Compare this passage we just read to Deuteronomy 4.29. But from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you search after him with all your heart and with all your soul. Your soul is made up of your mind, your will, your emotions. This is an intentional act of searching. Your will is set Your emotions are involved. Your mind's involved. But it's not just in the mind. It's the entirety of who you are. And you're set. What do we miss in Scripture? Because we take God's Word casually. And we read it quickly. Let's continue. What does meditation on Scripture do? One, meditation invites us to take God's Word seriously. Two, Meditation invites God to explain his word to you. Meditation invites God to explain his word to you. God, would you explain this to me? Uh, I think I understand, but I just have this sense that you've got something Bigger, would you, would you explain this to me? And then be prepared to be patient. To sit before him, to read it again, to read it again, to ask questions. God loves good questions. I even think he loves bad questions. At least he, he loves a dialogue. He loves the searching. He does. Meditation means staying 
on a passage of scripture until the Holy Spirit enlightens your understanding to its meaning and its application. How is this scripture, how does it apply to your life? How does it apply to the historical context of when we're reading it? And how does that situation apply to your life? There's so many things we can learn from just saying, Lord, I'm not going to rush off Holy Spirit. I'm going to stay until you unpack this for me. Just like that delicious soy patty. This is how we consume the word of God. It's slowly and it's patiently and it's savoring it. Chew slowly. Savor it. Let God's goodness reach every part of our being. Number three. Meditation invites God to open your heart, mind, and soul to see what God wants to communicate with you. Meditation invites God to open your heart, mind, and soul to see what God wants to communicate with you. I can read a passage of scripture that talks about the building of the wall and the rebuilding of the wall you know, around the temple in Jerusalem that has a very direct and specific context. And in the midst of that, God speaks the most intimate, personal word that has nothing to do with building a wall, but simply because when, he, when he's speaking, he's speaking. And when we open the word of God and we, we start listening, he has other things to say beyond just what's written there in his word. So there's a hero of Christian faith. His name is George Mueller. A lot of times we say George Mueller, but I'm pretty sure it's Mueller. That had a bit of Arnold to it, right? He wasn't Austrian, but, but he was born in Germany. He wrote the faith in the 1800s, known for his faith, known for his prayer, known for opening uh, orphanages as a means of getting children in and bringing them to Christ, known for just um, audacious requests of the Lord and God answering. Like tens of thousands of requests. I mean, this is a hero in the faith, and this is what he has to say about meditation. And I can, I can send you my notes because this is a mouthful. This is a mouthful. So I'll, I'll try and drive it home. That's what he said about meditation. He said, It often astonished me that I did not see the importance of meditation upon Scripture earlier in my Christian life. And honestly, I can say the same thing. I, I wish I would have seen the importance of meditation prior to being in my 50s. I'm 53. This is a fairly new revelation to me. I'd say in the next, in the last maybe 10 years, maybe 14 years, but I wish I'd have known about it sooner. As the outward man is not fit for work for any length of time unless he eats, so it is with the inner man. What is the food of the inner man? Not prayer, but the word of God. 
Not the simple reading of the Word of God so that it only passes through our minds just as water runs through a pipe. No! We must consider what we read, ponder over it, and apply it to our hearts. When we pray, we speak to God. This exercise of the soul can best be performed after the inner man has been nourished by meditation on the Word of God. Man, I chewed on that a bunch. Because my, my default, my, my go-to in time with the Lord is starting off with prayer. I'll just start talking. I'll just start praying. And I've, I've wondered this week, I'm like, how much healthier would my prayers be? How much healthier? How much full of faith and how much in alignment with what God wants to do would my prayers be if I first would read a passage of scripture and meditate on it with the Lord and then come to him in prayer? How much healthier would those prayers be? Do you guys know what I'm saying? Anyone else feel like sometimes like you're done praying and you're like, ooh, that, I, I, that was good, but I, man, I, that was kind of unhealthy. And it's okay. I, again, the Lord just wants us coming to him. He just wants the dialogue. But when I pray prayers, I want them to be effective prayers. How much more effective might they be with that, just that nugget of scripture and then chewing and meditating on it, hearing from God, letting my soul be nourished, letting my inner man be strengthened so that now I can do the work of praying and that they can be effective prayers. Continuing in this quote, through his word, our father speaks to us, encourages us, comforts us, instructs us, humbles us, and reproves us. We may profitably meditate with God's blessing, although we are spiritually weak. The weaker we are, the more meditation we need to strengthen our inner man. Meditation on God's word has given me the help and strength to pass peacefully through deep trials. I want to read that again. Meditation on God's word has given me the help and strength to pass peacefully through deep trials. Anybody going through any deep trials? Reading this, I started remembering, and I'm like, yep, yep, that time with the Lord that was so fruitful, yep, the times that, that I'm like, that was the richest time I spent with the Lord. I can look back and without fail, it's times that I was patient enough to meditate on his word. And I might, and I, I, it's never a chapter. I'm just letting you know, it is never a chapter. I never get through an entire chapter. Throw out the idea of, of meditating on an entire chapter. I don't even know how long that would take because I've never done it. Not effectively. And that would be like having that steak dinner followed by the lasagna dinner, followed by the sushi dinner, followed by the Mexican feast, followed by lobster. I mean, it, would, it, it, it's, it seems like a lot. Friends, when we are walking through difficult situations and we have those deep things, then we go to this place of deep meditation with the Lord and we let him speak to our soul and nourish our soul. Are you guys with me? 
continuing on the quote, this is the end of his quote, what a difference there is when the soul is refreshed in fellowship with God early in the morning. Without spiritual preparation, the service, the trials, and the temptations of the day can be overwhelming. This is spoken by a massive hero of the faith. So, class, today Professor Harper has not just brought lecture, but lab. Eleven fourteen, we got we got time. Normally my message is in somewhere like at like about eleven thirty, like is what I aim for. We're gonna take a few minutes, and it's not gonna be it's not gonna be excessive. I wanna look around five, and then we'll just see what the Holy Spirit's speaking and what He prompts me with. And you're gonna be uncomfortable for five minutes. I most likely you are, because this this is stretching. Like just stretching a muscle, we don't use that often can be uncomfortable, but more than uncomfortable, if you will do it, it'll be awesome. It'll be awesome. You'll start, you'll be equipped with a tool that you didn't have before, and that tool will be used every day. It's not one of those weird ones, I don't know what it is. It's a, this is a, this is a Phillips head, baby. We all know what it's used for, and it's used all the time. So we're going to have a song that we're going to play and we're going to have um, we're going to have that passage from Jeremiah 29 up there. If you have your Bible app, open right now to Jeremiah 29. If you need a Bible, um, I might need someone with keys to the office who knows where the Bibles are to go in the office and grab Bibles. Um, thank you, my love. I knew, I knew it would be you. Um, if you need a Bible, just when Kara comes back, raise your hand and turn to Jeremiah 29. What I read was 4 through 14, but honestly, like 12, 13, 14. I mean, but all of it, there's just such rich stuff. And just chew and listen and, and go, oh, okay, that's good, Lord, what else? And just meditate. And we're only talking about like five minutes. So we can go ahead and get the music going right now. We'll let it start going in the background behind me. Uh, Lord, we just invite you in right now as we meditate on your word. We, we invite you to teach us. We invite you to bring your word to life. We invite you to, to speak what you want to speak through your word and through this time of dialogue with you. So, Lord, give us ears to hear and nourish our souls the way that only time with you can nourish our souls. In Jesus' name. Let's just be patient. Raise your hand right now if you if you need a Bible. And Kara has a whole bunch. We got Marie here in the middle needs one. Just raise your hand, you guys, if, if you need a Bible. And Jeremiah 29.
anybody get anything from the Lord personally? Did the Lord speak anything personal to you in this outside of the historical context? Raise your hand if, if you feel like the Lord spoke something personal to you in this time of meditation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. He, thank you. Yeah. To me, he did. And, and I've been reading this in preparation for this message. I've read it through a bunch of times. There's a passage when it talks about 70 years. But before that, it talks about build houses and live. Live. Have children. And, and the Lord just quickly told me, he's like, Mark, sometimes you're, you're too consumed with the 70 years and you forget to live. Just like that. How many of you guys, like, you camped on, like, a verse or two? Like, you didn't even go beyond... How many people said, yeah, I, I camped on just a couple? Can raise your hands? That's usually what I do. How many of you guys were like, no, I'm, I'm covering, I'm an overachiever, I'm covering 11 verses? How many of you guys can already tell that that's nourishing to your soul? Can you come up? Actually, I'd raise your hand if that was nourishing to your soul. This is called Christian meditation, and it's wonderful. And we're called to it. And God causes his word to come alive when we do this. And not just causing his scripture to come alive, but his word, other things he wants to speak. And what, what busyness is such an enemy. It is such an enemy. Go back to that analogy I did, that illustration of the landmines. That's legit. That's totally legit. We're told in John 10 that the, the devil, our enemy, comes to steal. You ever been stolen from? I have. Someone walked into our garage, stole Kara's beautiful, nice new bike, left their crappy bike there, and then rode off with her new bike, and it bugged me forever. Clearly, I still need ministry from that. I, I drove to middle schools. I drove to high schools. I went to the... I was like, I'm fine. Because it just felt awful to be stolen from. That's what the enemy comes to do, to steal from us and to kill, which is bad, and annihilate, to destroy, to annihilate, to, to make sure there was no proof of our existence. That's what Satan comes to do. And Jesus said, but I've come that you might have life and have life to the fullest. And in his word, he's like, ooh, there's a landmine. Ooh, there's a personal landmine, Mark. Ooh, there's a landmine trying to blow up your marriage, Mark. Mark, there's a landmine that's trying to just destroy your family and that you, just wiping out the proof that you ever existed. Ooh, Mark, there's a landmine that's trying to rob you of your peace. Oh, there's another one meant to annihilate your joy. We see it in Scripture, and, it's, and with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, He points out those things. It says, you can skip, you can run, you can hop, you can roll around, you can... But just avoid this, 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 and this. Those will kill you. We got the map. 
we got the map. We can encourage other people with it. Hey, can I, can I point something out to you? I don't know if you've seen this. There's a sneaky one right there. And Kim, I don't know if you, have you seen that one? Okay, let me tell you exactly where it is. Come here, come here. Look at the map. And we strengthen one another. And we encourage one another. And when we're meditating and the Lord speaks something to us, you know what we should do? We should be quick to share those things that, unless the Lord's like, hey, this is, you know, this is just a you know, sweet little nugget for you, my precious one. You know, it's something like that, right? But, but if it's something, and it encourages others to go, man, I, I read this scripture, I was meditating on it, and the Lord said, this, isn't that good? And we're to encourage each other toward good works in the Lord. And I'm telling you right now, this is a good work. I just, I sense that there's just a a large amount of weariness. Um, I, I just, I believe a lot of y'all could use a refreshing and, and could use some, some strength. And I'm certain that this message and this discipline of meditation, this wonderful discipline that God will bring you some refreshing and some strength in this. I'm just being honest with you. Last week, I didn't want to preach on wise men. I wanted to stay in this series. This week, I wanted to preach a Christmas message, and the Lord brought me back to the series. He and I are going to talk later. But we just do what the Lord wants. And I'm telling you right now, this spending time with him, that's how we can know what he wants. And I love, I mean, I ask him all the time, you sure? You sure? Okay. Fair enough. I'm going to pray with you guys and I'm going to plead with you. I, I, I really am. Spend time with the Lord in this, even if it was five minutes. Read a scripture. Meditate, chew, dialogue, get excited, ask more questions. And if you got more than five minutes, stay, stick with it. Stay with it. If you, if you love tea, make a nice cup of tea and just be patient with it. Do it for 30 minutes or whatever. Lord, you're so good. And I, I truly believe you want to be just incredibly generous. You just want to lavish your presence over your people today in strength and encouragement that you want to actually just wash away the weariness in the waters of your Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, knowing that's your heart, knowing that's what you want to do, I pray that that we would be quick to respond to you and we would make time to do this. Um, Lord, we thank you and done. Lord, we get and hear from you. I'm with you important. Here's to hear and give us discipline to make this time with you important. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Next Sunday morning, um, I'm going to be here because I'm going to come here and pray. Four o'clock, and it's going to be wonderful. And we, we need help early. And then you, as impactors, we love Jesus and how much we love them, okay? But I'll be this. So I'm just going to be here. So I'll leave us with this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you 
and give you peace. Have an amazing day, friends. Let's love on one another and let's be excited to carve out that time to meditate with the Lord.